section 299 is actions amounting to murder section 300 is murder when i read the difference between the two i couldn't understand as to how is this stuff for real section 300 in the indian penal code is murder the section goes except in the cases herein after excepted culpable homicide is murder if the act by which the death is caused is done with the intention of causing death or if it is done with the intention of causing such bodily injury as the offender knows to be likely to cause the death of the person to whom the harm is caused it is also considered murder if the bodily injury intended to be inflicted is sufficient in the ordinary course of nature to cause death the list goes on actually This section is quite long. 1193 words long to be precise. What is fascinating about the whole section is how vehemently it tries to define and curtail the extent of the concept of murder. Like it literally has cases defined where the section elaborates to you on what can you deem as a murder and what should strictly be held within the vast confines of section 299. Like let me read out point b of section 300 it states an example of two entities while it uses letters to explain it let me help you with some good old fashioned names two best friends by the name of nirmala and economy had a filthy argument when provoked nirmala goes ahead and shoots her friend in her head who is near her but out of sight nirmala kills economy Will Nirmala be held accountable? Will she be on trial for murder? Is this really murder? Fit of rage or no rage? Did she shoot her friend? She did kill her. So is Nirmala responsible for the murder? As per section 300 of the Indian Penal Code, in the present case, Nirmala has not committed murder but merely culpable homicide. Jokes apart, and yes i genuinely mean this jokes apart this is purely meant for some light hearted educational fun i mean easier to gulp things down when they are horrifically real right um anyway analogy aside something that completely baffles me about this section is that it relies so heavily on intention just like laksha said intention is paramount intention is the highest degree of mind and i agree this then means that when a person does something only if he had solid intention could he be held responsible for it cuz only with intention do we do things with clarity if there is a shard of possibility where intention could not be proved it would simply result in the person being grouped under culpable homicide now my issue with intention is that how do you prove it or more importantly how do you prove the lack thereof In case of Nirmala killing economy it is easy to say that she had no intentions of killing but how does that make any difference to economy What if Nirmala had other intentions that led to the death of economy What if her actions or more importantly the lack thereof caused the death and yet as per our common law as per the very section that is supposed to define what a murder is it instead supposes the argument that Nirmala didn't actually commit murder 
Of course, this argument is a bit harsh considering that law is supposed to observe the actions of a person and not what their action could have been. Still, doesn't justify the benefit of doubt that the section bestows to everyone who can hide behind the veil of intention. Now think about it. I had no intention to kick the water bottle of any PEM from 4th standard and therefore I didn't. But even if I had, and if in some reality, we would have held a trial in my school, oh God, that would have been cool. I would have pleaded a lack of intention that I didn't actually wish to kick the shit out of those bottles, that I simply stumbled across them since I hate every last one of my classmates. And if the trial was following the Indian penal code, then technically, technically, they would not punish me for kicking the bottle. My crime or the supposed crime is still a lower degree offense, but think about the intentions of Mr. Palani. Sure, he hit his wife in a fit of rage, and sure, I can agree with the idea that when he hit her with a plowshare, a literal freaking axe replacement, I can still somehow accept the argument that his intention was not to kill her. But what I'm not convinced about is how could he have had the time to tie the noose, fix it on the beam and then lift his wife, which I think would have taken considerable amount of energy and physical strength and then hang her by the neck? During this whole time, his intention was to get rid of a possible crime charge. The crime that he did commit, knowingly or unknowingly, and I will say unknowingly because we can never know, right? That moment was a part of his and his wife's shared reality where he committed the crime with whatever intention he had at the time. We can only imagine what he was thinking but of course he would plead that he didn't have intention because that saves him from section 300, the real deal. Like, come on, humor me for a second. If Mr. Palani was capable of going to the extent of hanging his wife just so that he could escape the murder charge, do you really think that this man was capable of accepting what his true intentions were when he killed his wife? I'm still not able to comprehend the fact that Mr. Palani picked his unconscious wife because guess what? She was not dead at the time. He picked her up and didn't realize that she was alive. He couldn't check the pulse of his partner, the woman he laid with every night. When she was rendered senseless, his only thought, the only thought that he had was the possibility that she is dead. It never crossed his head to check if her heart was still beating or that her nostrils were still blowing out warm breaths. If he would have checked her pulse, this wouldn't even have made it to the civil court. Hell, it would have been a forgotten case of domestic violence, which our country has a long history of. But Mr. Palani, Mr. Palani, he picked her up and hung her because he thought she was dead. Or was it because he wanted her dead? That is all the difference that there is. That is the difference that matters. That is the difference between section 299 and section 300 between actions amounting to murder and murder. Funnily enough, it is just a matter of intention and a matter of perspective. And our Indian Penal Court chooses the former more than the latter. Surprisingly enough, it chooses section 299 even when a man is chopped up into small pieces, 
pieces that can then be put into small garbage bags and disposed of without raising concern. A television executive, a small-time actress and a lieutenant of Indian Naval Forces. If you're wondering what those three have in common, let me tell you the story of a murder where no one was convicted of Section 300. A murder which received widespread media attention and which managed to jolt the citizens of this country of how just our justice system is. It taught people something more about our legal system and that this is the law that you shall be tried with if at all you are ever to come walk through its doors seeking justice. Next time on Chasing Justice Chapter 5 The Neeraj Grover Story Written and narrated by Naman Vasil. Original background score by Kushal Kulkarni and Mudit Khansali. This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify.